When we're young, we move with freedom and confidence, with a great resilience to injury. But somewhere along the line, we develop poor habits and become more vulnerable to back pain. Back Pain Solutions features evidence-based and practical advice to help you take back control of your health and get back to the activities you love. This is your guide to better back health through movement. So join us as we demystify some of the commonly held beliefs about back pain and build your confidence to a stronger back the smart way. Welcome back to the Back Pain Solutions podcast. This is Jacob and today I'm going to talk about something that I wish I had told myself when I was 20 years younger. And that is advice to myself when I was training as a 16, 18, 20 year old boy, if I might call myself that. So I'm going to do a solo today and that means I won't be doing it together with Ben. Uh, which means you're going to listen to my voice for the next 20 or so minutes. And I'm going to hopefully help young guys who are fanatic about training like I was back in the day uh, understand maybe their approach a little bit better or to reassess their approach and ultimately make sure that they don't end up undergoing or having serious injuries. Like I had my very serious low back injury when I was, uh, what's it now? I'm 38, about, it's exactly nine years ago. So I was 29 when I had my low back hernia. And it was, a, it was a, a, an episode of my life that, that definitely threw me in a different course and it, it changed the direction of my, um, of my goals and my work and well, everything that I do has been affected by that uh, specific injury. So what I hope to clarify a little bit today is that it's not necessary to have such a dramatic experience as I did to learn and ultimately become good at what you do when it comes to your training or your personal health. So the, the, the points I'm going to talk about today is firstly... You know, if I can give advice, there'd be four things that I'd say to young guys. And I mean, this podcast is also applicable to, to young ladies training fanatically. But I think I feel like I can give better advice to uh, especially the guys out there that find themselves in my situation when you're young and you're uh, fanatic about wanting to be strong and big and perform and, you know, everything that goes with that showing off. <laughs> Uh, then I have a very good experience in that. So that's why I specifically talk to, to young guys. So the four things are, first of all, listen to, listen to experienced coaches who knows about rehabilitation. Because there's a lot of coaches and a lot of uh, pseudo coaches or guys we can follow on YouTube. And I think a lot of them does not consider the rehabilitative aspect or very much of what makes your training safe. And that, that's a big aspect that you have to consider. Not only going all out, but making sure that there's some joint sparing going on, some periodization, some uh, full body complex movements that are not compromising certain parts of your body. You know, we want to make sure that the the weighing scale 
in terms of your outcome isn't compromised by what you have to suffer or go through in terms of joint health. And then the second thing would be not training or training until having pain isn't always the way to go. And there are different forms of pain when you train. I remember when I used to have a rugby training, you know, your tongue hanging out of your mouth like a like a dog. You have pain in your whole body, but that's more because of ox oxygen deprivation, because of pushing yourself all the way uh, for a, for an hour and a half. But I've also had training sessions in a gym where I had low back pain and I just worked through it. And I thought, you know, that's, you know, the more pain I have in my low back, the better it is, the, the more I'm going to grow and uh, get stronger. And unfortunately, from my, um, my experience later, it was not the case. It was actually quite the opposite. I was breaking down instead of building up. Third thing we'll talk about is reassess your training philosophy over and over and over and over. So something I've done the last few years is every couple of years, I really, I, I invest in doing courses. I go and, and, and listen and look at the researchers and I hear what they have to say. And there's some amazing guys out there, you know, pick one, follow him for a little bit, learn from him and build layers of experience but reassess that training philosophy so you don't end up just doing the same thing over and over and over. The knowledge we have in the training world is always, there's always evolution. It's always changing. There's always new things coming out. Uh, also, if you want to keep it interesting, don't get stuck in doing the same thing over and over. And then the last thing is nutrition. And Luckily, I come from South Africa where we, we had some really good food, at least when I was younger. I know it's the, the, the food industry has gotten bigger over there. And so that means less vegetables and meat, less, um, uh, um, more processed food would be the case in South Africa, unfortunately. So, but if you think of nutrition, especially when you're young, I think that when I was young, I, I did not think about nutrition. Let's put it that way. So I ended up, you know, eating to get full, and otherwise I would just train and do my thing. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't understand why some days I would have a lot of energy, I'd feel very strong, and other days I would just work so hard to stay with the other guys, you know, whether it was. Uh, playing cricket, tennis, rugby, athletics, water polo, swimming, whatever I did. I did quite a few sports when I was younger. I had really amazing days where I had a lot of energy. My performance was peak and I just felt like, okay, I'm, I'm just moving forward. And then I had days where I really struggled. And if we stand still for a second, we can analyze that. We can break it down and we can see whether it's because we had poor sleep lately, maybe... I'm dehydrated, or frankly, I just haven't been getting in the nutrients I should to repair, as I've been asking way too much for my body the last few training sessions, and um, maybe also from being on school and having to study. So let's look at the first point, listening to experiencing experienced coaches who knows something about rehabilitation. I think 
if you bring that aspect into your training philosophy, then you'll end up with a little bit more confidence in making sure that you don't destroy your body where you shouldn't and you actually build where it's needed. What I like, um, I like Stuart McGill, Professor Stuart McGill, when he says, you know, all you got to do is build tolerance. And so if you can ask yourself with every exercise, am I building tolerance or am I breaking my tolerance down? Then you have your answer to that exercise. And, you know, if we think of the idea of supercompensation, after every exercise or training session, we break down. And the idea is to recover so much or just enough that we end up a little bit higher, a little bit better than where we started before the training. And so what I used to do when I was younger is just train like a maniac and end up breaking down with no super compensation, which meant that I actually moved down the scale of getting stronger and, and building endurance and, and building tolerance. But because I had good food and I was out in the sun in South Africa, I, I think I recovered well enough to be able to cope with all of it. But unfortunately, my strategy wasn't brilliant. When we think of rehabilitation as an aspect of our training or our training philosophy, the reason why I have that word in there is because we want to we want to train that tolerance and make sure that we, we spare the back, for example. So we don't want to bugger up our backs. We want to get really strong on the core in a way that's going to help us to last with our low backs. I'm now 38, and I have a little one that just turns one in exactly two days and i i feel the demand on my back every day when i'm with with william because i have to pick him up i have to put him down i have to put him to sleep you know they just movements which are incredibly difficult to control and it's just it's a lot and so your back health at my age, will be very much determined at what you did when you were 20 to your 30s. You know, do you, does your back have a lot of kilometers on it or does it actually have you spared your spine? And you can take a lot more when you're older. So that's a very good point to keep in mind. Then, like I mentioned, training until having pain isn't the way to go. It is what I thought, I thought it was the way to go. But actually, make sure that when you do complex movements, the skill level is low. So if you're getting fatigued and tired, you don't end up hurting yourself. You don't end up with tissue damage where it's not needed. And I'm especially referring to the joints. Because you want to go a long way with your joints and frankly, what I tell people when I do workshops is I, you know, we train, we want to train in a way where we're 55, 60 and still banging it out and giving it all. Then you know you've been doing it well. But unfortunately, as a chiropractor, I end up seeing people on a weekly basis between the age of 20 and 30 with a hernia or serious issues which could have been avoided if the foundation where 
they do their CrossFit training or their gym work or whether it's any other sport, that foundation has been laid properly. So if you understand what that foundation would mean to you, I think you'd be very well motivated to make sure that you do a good job at understanding what you're doing to your body when you train. So the third point was to reassess your training philosophy. And by doing this, I don't mean throw your training philosophy away every couple of months or every couple of years. I simply mean that you need to reassess, adjust, maybe add, maybe find a way to make it more safe. If you have any injuries, like I have a, a niggly shoulder, as a chiropractor, I have to push and use a lot of force with my shoulder in awkward movement. And I've also played rugby for 15 years, so I know my shoulder has undergone quite a lot of hammering and I need to be a little bit careful. So I do things to stabilize it. I'm careful when it comes to dips because of the forward moving of the of the shoulder uh, joint and the uh, uh, not so strong anterior aspect of my shoulder joint capsule. And if I do too many of those things, I know that I'm going to have a little bit of a tingling sensation down my arm. And that's not good. We want to avoid anything like that. That's not building tolerance. That's breaking down. And so my suggestion is find out who are good researchers or good strength and conditioning coaches who looks at the research at least, who has a lot of experience with uh, training quite often high-level people. That's how they end up in the uh, in the sphere and become well-known. Generally, they're a little bit older. They're not that young. Uh, that's definitely something that I would uh, make a prerequisite. Otherwise, they will not have the experience. The last thing is nutrition. So very simply said, if you are someone who's training four, five times a week and you have a stressful job, you are quite busy, you are having at least three of those five sessions where you're really pumping or really going for it, then you have to understand that you're going to be depleting a lot of nutrients. And if there isn't a strategy to uh, replace these nutrients continuously, then you will, you will deplete. And when you run out of those, you will start breaking down. It's just as simple as that. It will be a system that you cannot keep up. You cannot continue pushing at that rate if you're not getting the recovery. That's the key word, is the recovery. And the recovery starts with rest and fuel. And the fuel is your nutrition. And nutrition, I specifically refer to micronutrients and protein on top of enough fat and carbohydrates, depending on your, uh, your specific goals and, of course, depending on your body type. So when I was 20, I lived in South Africa, and I know that we specific, we, we ate a lot of meat, you know, quite often we hunt and have wild game. Uh, otherwise, the, the, the beef we, eat, we ate was grass-fed. It walked free on, um, on the land, you know, in the nature. So it was very high-quality meat. 
same with the vegetables you know quite often wasn't sprayed and and i know that that really fueled my body but if i had a weekend away or i ended up eating bread with jam and and very you know very poor poor nutritional choices for a few days i definitely noted it but it never it was never enough for me to to make the link of ah it, this this is the reason why I'm underperforming the last few days. This is the reason why I'm struggling in the water polo match. Um, so I can I would really like to encourage you to create a system where you make sure, based on the energy expenditure, if you're keeping up that three, four, five training sessions a week, make sure you find a way to get in daily enough protein. Make sure the micronutrients are coming in through enough vegetables. My recommendation quite often is at least twice a day a piece of meat, fish, or chicken together with mixed veg. Mixed veg, steamed. It's often the best way. And you will notice that you find the balance and be able to keep up the balance between the energy expenditure training, recovery, and putting the fuel back in your body. So I'm going to stop there. I want to say thank you to everybody for listening. This was a short one, hopefully useful to myself 20 years ago, if you would relate to anything I said. And I wish you a great training session coming. Thank you. And please head over to the website, smartstrong.co.uk. Uh, have a look there at the information we've got for you and please like our uh, podcast on iTunes or whichever platform you're listening to and please keep uh, keep listening to the information we have coming. Thank you. Mm-hmm.